Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website, and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Barger-Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Miss Annie Bundle. I'm almost afraid to ask, how are you today? Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> so this is probably going to sound a little weird to the folks listening along at home, because like I've said, it's summer, it's user loose season, a lot of us have been in and out of the office between me and Annie and our sound engineer, Mark, and whatnot. So we've recorded these episodes in nothing close to the order in which you all will hear them. And uh, though this episode will probably air after the one in which I said, hey, I got COVID, uh, just, hey, I got COVID, and I'm recording this while I'm coming out of the tail end of COVID. And uh, I don't know, apologies if I sound weird, if I suddenly call people by the wrong names. I'm tired and slightly confused by the world around me um by all accounts i had a very mild case um my doctor didn't even put me on that paxlovid stuff so i can still tell you that it is exhausting you should avoid it if you can i do not know where i caught it and i'm a little mad about it and it's not fun it's unpleasant i don't like it and you have really weird like symptoms like my legs hurt for two days How does a respiratory virus make your legs hurt? I don't know, but I'm here for all of your what is having COVID-like questions. If you were also part of the three-year plus club, this is my first bout of it, and I sincerely hope that I don't have to do it again because I don't like it. But uh, yeah, get a booster. Take care of yourselves. Don't go out if you don't feel well. You never know who you're going to cough on and make them sick. Yeah, um, we we are. If you are paying it for those who are paying attention at home, you will now know what order we we uh, recorded these in because you just have to go back and find the one where Lacey says, "I'm sick, but I probably don't have COVID." Um, oh yeah, because that episode I absolutely had COVID, <laughs> and um, I was like so convinced because I really did make it for over three years without catching it, and I was like so convinced I was invincible. You are not invincible, folks. You will catch it too, probably, and just take care of where you go and who you see and just be aware of what you're feeling like because i definitely did a whole episode of the show with full-blown covid didn't know it if i made any weird insane statements or wild takes that you really disagree with just blame the fact that serious illness during that episode it's like oh i literally like actually said the words oh i don't think it's covid and it's absolutely it was covid so (laughs) all right so uh, let's. Uh, w- what did I force you to watch while you were stuck with COVID? Oh no, this one I don't mind so much because you let me do this one before we ah, <laughs> did okay. the Endeavor episode that aired a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it's Grandchester season eight, which is the one piece of our summer of mysteries that I don't actually mind so much. Which is why Annie stuck me in the recapper's chair for it. So sorry if you actually wanted to know what the mystery was. I'm going to talk about other things. Um, honestly, I, I, I want to, I want, I want to, before you apologize for your recaps, which you should not do because your recaps are great and people love your recaps. Um, honestly, I get, I asked you if you wanted to do this because I watched the first episode and the mystery literally doesn't start until the first 50, until 15 minutes in, there's no body. Like there's no sign of a mystery. Yeah. When we sat down to do this episode, I was like, I watched, I watched this a couple of days ago and i have already forgotten like what the mystery was 
right? Because the mystery doesn't matter. This is a 47-minute episode. The first 15 minutes, there's no mystery. It's just the soap opera of their lives. And then the mystery is solved with another 10 minutes to go because it's really about the soap opera of their lives. They have to get back to the soap opera of their lives. And honestly, like, I watched it and my first thought to myself was, this is no longer a mystery series. This is a soap opera where mysteries kind of happen in the background that sort of, like, emboss the the soap opera plot of the day. Yeah, they kind of tend to deal with, like, the themes of whatever the larger episode is. Like, this episode is clearly about, like, fatherhood and parenting and how do we love the kids or how do we how do we love the family of our blood and of those we have chosen to have in our lives and and that is our that is themes in both both halves of the show yeah i'd say since uh al weaver left the clergy and we had him become um a prison chaplain or a sort of volunteer prison chaplain and now um, running a halfway house and last season with the cafe i feel like this show has really sort of walked away from its original premise and i don't think this is a bad thing um i also think it's probably pretty smart because Tom Brittany is definitely one of the finalists to play Superman for James Gunn. So wait, really? Who knows what will happen after that? Yeah, I did not know that. Oh my god! Uh, I think it's him, Nicholas Holt, my baby from the Great, oh! and uh, somebody whose name I didn't recognize. I uh, okay. Sorry, I had to like stop and like have like a small heart attack. Um, we'll 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 table that for the superhero episode. We'll eventually do one day because we will just break and do a superhero episode. But that is not this day. Um, today is Grantchester, and honestly, you know, one of the things about this episode also that really struck me, and this is probably something that won't have struck you because you didn't really start watching it until after Tom Brittany came on. I was in the recapper's chair for this show basically from the beginning. Um, And this really, to me, felt like when when season three ended and James Norton basically was forced to go back to the mean to to restore the mean of being the single guy at the church rather than actually get married and 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 move in with ready-made family of of amelia and uh, and child um honestly like the show made such a mistake in doing that in season three, not just because Norton then decided between season three and four that he was leaving the show and they basically had to undo all of the undoing that they had undone in order to put things back to the mean because they should have just let him get married and leave and then they'd have a new show and etc. Like they should have just gone with it. Yeah, but I mean, uh, the name of the, the reason that I'm not worried about the, the Tom Brittany rumors is that the name of the show is Grantchester and they've already proven that, that the show can exist outside of whoever the like the vicar at the center of it is. Yeah. But I feel like this season really shows how much they learned from that mistake because they've, even though I felt that that marriage sort of was like a, whoa, where'd that come from at the end of season seven? I feel like, allowing uh, t- uh, 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 Tom Brittany's character to get married, to have, you know, um, to have, uh, uh, gosh, I'm, I keep calling them by the actors' names instead of by the characters' names. I'm sorry, Bonnie. By having Bonnie and, and Will as a married couple in the vicarage with Ernie as their kid is so much 
uh, an inter has added such an interesting dynamic to this show that makes it so you don't really care about the mystery. You care about them. You care about their marriage. You care about their relationship. You care about the fact that Jordy is being forced into retirement. Now, I don't believe, I, I will say this right now, having not watched episodes two through six, that I do not believe for a minute that Jordy will actually be forced to retire. Um, if you've watched any other mystery show on Earth, you know that retirement is just a label anyway. Right. Um, Ridley. Yeah, Ridley. <laughs> that whole show was about him being retired. Was right? he actually retired? No, he was not. But I still don't think the show is willing to have both um, non-cop and cop be outside of law enforcement solving crimes. They want someone on the inside still. And I so I don't actually believe that they will go through with making Jordy retire. That being said, I feel like the threat of Jordy's retirement is actually much more real because they allowed Will to get married and that they've allowed, you know, Jordy and Kathy to have this relationship where they've broken up and gotten back together a couple of times. And you really sort of see like their relationship has really changed, you know, and you, they're, they're allowing their characters to change in a way that. In those very early seasons, in those early James Norton seasons, they 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 kept snapping back at the end of the season the way the Simpsons snaps back at the end of every episode, right? And now they've learned they should not do that. That's not good for the show. And I honestly think that at least for this first episode of season eight, the show is much stronger for it. Um, I think, I think it's, I think you're right. Mostly because what I I've been pretty vocal about the fact that what I share I care about about the show are the characters. Um, I wish it'd been a little bit clearer how much time has passed since the season seven finale and this premiere. Um, okay, it's got to have been at least seven months. I'm gonna go with a year, and that's because they literally say at the end of the episode, Bonnie says, "I'm seven months pregnant. I'm not made of porcelain," and so that gives you an idea that it's. I I would say it's been a year um, because there's also a moment when Will says, no, she his fiance left over a year ago. And that happened towards the end of season seven as well. So I feel like there's been about a year's space here. He and mm -hmm. because he, like quite a bit, quite a bit has changed. Mm -hmm. And and the show, I think smartly actually doesn't take like the first 10 minutes to do like a catch up of where everybody is you just sort of have to roll with it and like figure it out kind of as you go mm -hmm. um because i do i do feel like they skipped a little bit with um with uh kathy and uh now you've got me doing it i'm like ropes in green <laughs> <laughs> yeah kathy and jordy um yeah, yes i feel I like i feel like they fast forwarded a, through a little bit of that re reconciliation sort of recentering of that relationship that i would have liked to see um and i feel like I, I don't know there's something about watching will struggle with fatherhood in like retrospect i feel like this might have been better had this happened like right when she got pregnant and not when she's about to have the baby but like maybe that maybe that makes it more real because she's you know mm -hmm. visibly pregnant the baby's moving and all of that stuff but i'm not i i think it i think to your point about about the show feeling like it's like stuff is just going on like things are things are whether or not we're watching it like the story of grantchester is happening mm -hmm. and so like as we come in and out of it that is we just have to figure out where we are within like the story that's happening outside of us but i do 
I mean, there's some stuff that I wish we'd seen. Mm. I, I, I don't disagree with you there. I do think that not getting to see um, Kathy and Jordy's reconciliation play out a little further um, was to the show's detriment. Because, like, suddenly they seem super fine right now, and that's very jarring. Um, I also feel that um, the show would have been better served to give us more space between uh, uh, Will running to the train station and the wedding. Like I said at the end of season seven, why did we have the wedding here? Why didn't we wait until the end of season eight and have a year-long engagement that we could have watched? I mean, especially especially because, and I, you know this is one of the things I'm dying to talk about, uh, it, it is I had to go through quite, I know that Anglicanism and Catholicism are, are different and the rules of being in both of those denominations are, are different but i had to go through quite extensive like marriage prep before the catholic church would let me get married and one of the things you had to talk about was stuff like your attitudes towards children and religion and i'm just like are are we really only having this discussion about what it means to mar- to be a vicar's wife when you aren't particularly like observant or believe in god yeah um now I don't I I don't know if Anglicans do marriage classes the way Catholics do. Um Jewish um in 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 Judaism if if both parties are already Jewish there's not really anything like that. If one party is not Jewish there is much there is something much closer to that. Oh yeah, in Catholicism there's a whole bunch of there's different you get like a booklet of things you have to do. And the church <laughs> loves paperwork. And you have to like there's different things that have to be done if both people are are sacramentally Catholic and there's a different thing that has to be done if one person is Catholic and one person is not Catholic. You can still get married, but you don't have a mass during the ceremony. It's a whole bunch of stuff. But I just feel like wouldn't they have maybe talked about some of this? Because I can't imagine that that Bonnie came into this unaware of what like being the vicar's wife involves whether like like separate and apart from her own sort of faith journey or or if she even has one of those it's just you have to do all this stuff yeah um and i have to say that i am i i do think that there's a level where they wanted to rush the wedding at having now seen the beginning of season eight i feel like i feel like the reason they rushed into the wedding in season seven was that they did not want an opportunity for those two to have those conversations before getting married because they wanted to keep that for the post-marriage drama. And I do actually think that that was deliberate. Now, whether or not that's believable is up to you. Um, This is the 50s. People did get married much faster. I don't think that they would have been made to do classes or anything like that. Um, I do think that there might have been a level where Bonnie was like, I can handle this. And then she got there and was like, are you kidding me? Um... And I, that is not, I don't, I don't think that's unbelievable in, in any kind of way. Like, I, I'm sure that there are people who tell themselves it can't be that bad. And then they get there and they're like, you know, I feel like a hypocrite. Because she even says, I feel like a hypocrite at one point. Like, there is a real level where like. Well, I mean, maybe the, maybe, maybe she's not the one we should be judging here. Mm, no, um, maybe it's Will we should be judging here for assuming she could just magically turn herself into a vicar's wife even though everything about her said no i can't um and no i have no interest in it and no i'm not gonna believe in god just because you do which i actually think is really interesting especially like well i think that would be interesting now 
even in like a contemporary set show because we don't really um in our pop culture people either don't believe or they do yeah and it's there's true. not a lot of space in the middle for people who are either questioning or who or, or to, to talk about why they either do or they don't mm. and i i think this is i hope that this is actually like like a real plot that will run through the rest of the season because i think it's super worth exploring because you know i mean this is the 1950s 60s 50s 50s um actually i think we are in the 60s at this point but we've only just made it there are we are we are we doing the one one season a, a year thing we do we do one season a year and at this point and i believe season seven was 59 so this should be 60 so it's like 19 i mean it's not even if it's 1960 that's still like people don't people in sort of like society positions or in small towns like this would would not have been going around being like you know oh hey i'm an atheist or i'm an agnostic or whatever like you just did not do that you just shut up and you went to church whether or not you wanted to be there and i think it's really an interesting angle that i hope the show does something with and that it's more than just about will being mad at her for it um Honestly, I also, um, I thought that their relationship with Ernie was also a fascinating, um, even though we didn't see all that much of it, watching Will struggle to be, to do fatherhood properly was very interesting. Watching the way Bonnie just sort of like automatically parents without thinking was really fascinating. But I think the thing that got me the most was when Bonnie called him in and said, Ernie, make, neither of us can leave this room until you make us laugh. I know that was adorable. They're very cute. It was adorable. And yet at the same time, it kind of made me cringe a little bit because I was like, oh, that's a lot of responsibility to put on a child. Well, I don't think it was like about that. I think it was about them trying to not like leave whatever conversation they just had on like a bad note that it was Mm. trying to like, we can still be a family that loves and laughs with one another, even when we're, we're struggling with some other issue. Hmm. Okay, um, I can I, I can see that. I'd actually taken it as that's a lot of responsibility to put on that poor little kid. I mean, I don't think that I don't think that kid is particularly funny. Oh, but, no, but... Um, I think that I think that that like they're clearly laughing at something that's not that funny because they want to be like, look, it's still OK with all of us, even mm-hmm. even though we're having this issue over this other thing. I think it's I think the most interesting part to me, mm-hmm. because obviously I watch every show through the lens of my own personal traumas because I have dad issues <laughs> and. Uh, I think it's really interesting because I think you can apply this in a lot of different ways. It was something back to marriage counseling that came up for me. Like my parents are divorced. And one of the things that really uh, I struggled with was like, I didn't have a good model of what a good marriage was supposed to look like. And Will doesn't have a good model of what a good dad is supposed to look like. So he doesn't, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really powerful and and contrast that to you know the um in the same way that Bonnie very casually sort of parents Ernie without thinking uh watching Jordy and Kathy with the now like almost grown Esme um that or that the the daughter is a uh, um no yeah her and she's Esme Keating the kid's actual name is Sky I was like wait is the kid's guy or is the kid Esme all right um but I really love the fact that like 
A, they've allowed that girl. They've kept the same actress throughout the whole thing. Where, I know I love when TV lets kids actors like grow, kid actors like grow up naturally. They don't do mm-hmm. that thing where they pretend that they're either like much younger or much older than they are. Yeah. Um, and I really that's the only Keating kid they've done that with. The other Keating kids have sort of traded out as the uh, because they were very, very young at the beginning. And so they've sort of like changed actors along the way. But she's the only one who's been there since the first season. And I really loved kind of seeing her as this almost grown and them not being quite able to let her be that yet. Um, and I thought that was also a really like lovely little moment that was sort of that that also uh, echoed back to the rest of the mystery um, and to Will's struggles and Bonnie's non-struggles. Um, also, uh, and this is a, I think we need to talk about, of course, the big twist at the end. Um, that we have, you know, we have we, we have Will saying, I'm going to give up. The, we have basically Bonnie being like, I need you to give up that bike. We have Ernie basically like having a freak out because he's afraid that like Will's going to die on the bike. Will says, I'm going to give up the bike. And then the first fight he has with Bonnie, he goes and gets on the bike. I don't think he's a very good like, like arguer. No, one of the many things that, again, in the large booklet of marriage prep, you're supposed to learn. You're supposed to learn how to fight with your spouse. Really? Yeah. Whoa, that's fascinating. Well, (laughs) I mean, it's one of the things where it's like it's it's. It probably was it. It, it. it probably was more in one of the like talk. We had to go sit through like this whole weekend of talks. But like it's one of the like it's about communication as much as anything else. Like it's mm. about how do you communicate with your partner when something is upsetting or something you don't know. Or a lot of this comes back to like, people usually fight about like money. So there's a lot of mm. of that surrounding like money talk. But yeah, he maybe killed a dude. Um, No, he killed a dude. I mean, I don't know. I just, it, he could be alive in the second episode. I don't know if he is or not. Television has trained me not until I see a body in the ground. I'm not. Okay. I am much more of the opinion that if Will didn't kill the dude, it's because the d- dude was already like murdered and stumbling out into the road. And that's why Will hit him. That is in in the world of mysteries. That's the trope. Not that the guy's still going to be alive. Yes. Wow. Really? Like a random man is dying and just falls over in the street for Will to hit him with his bike. Exactly. That is no. That's the mystery trope. I promise you. Um, okay. I actually like yours better, but honestly, that's the trope I'm more expecting than that. Um, that being said, um, even if Will didn't actually quote unquote kill a dude, hitting somebody with a bike in England. In in this time period, is serious murder charge. I mean, why would the bike make it any more like murdery than hitting him with like I don't know your pint glass or something? Um, death that results from dangerous driving in the UK is a life sentence. Wow, <laughs> America is not like that, guys. No, and I honestly think that our American viewers and our American listeners need to know that that the, that the laws there about defensive driving are so much stricter than ours. Um, now, I don't think it was quite that strict in the 50s. I believe this actually, I believe those rules actually came into being later, like, I don't know, the 70s or 80s. I'm not honestly sure. I would have to do research and look. And since I'm not recapping, I didn't. Um, <laughs> um, but honestly, like, I would say that this is, it is a huge thing for him to have killed a guy with his bike. Or be viewed as having killed a guy with his bike. This would end his career. This would end. I mean, and not just the straight up murder charge. No, 
But like this whole so thing, weird. even even if he isn't given life in prison, even if he's only given like, I don't know, like 20 years or something, but it's still like way stricter than ours. Um he would lose his he would lose his job. Bonnie would probably easily divorce him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It would ruin his life. And honestly, like, I think that is such a such a twist for this season to suddenly take. Oh, that's so that's really funny because I mean, granted, I was like, oh no, Will killed a man. But like it's a murder show, so I was like, oh no, someone killed a man. Because and I did not have this sort of like visceral reaction to like what it means for the rest of the season at all, which is I mean, I think that just means that I've been like conditioned by American TV. I was more thinking about, oh, it's going to go back to the whole like because the murder subplot of this episode involves like a motorbike race through the town, which is (laughs) stupid. But uh, but I think it's just a vehicle for everybody to be sort of like weirdly aggressive towards like these these edgy kids with their bikes and their like you know progressive lifestyle or what like whatever it is like that it fe- that felt like social judgment to me a lot mm-hmm. more than like they're gonna murder us with their vehicles yeah i will say it's definitely more social judgment i feel like bikers in the 1950s but uh, your 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 typical english grandmother like uh mrs c um viewed bikers the way that they now view hoodies mm, um okay. yeah yeah, because I thought that was like more the point of it that she was just getting all head up about them being in the church and mm-hmm. and whatnot and taking over the town with their like dirt bike ways and oh yeah yeah I did not that I did not think about this in that way you're probably you're probably right because you're more familiar with these tropes than I am but like that's really funny that I've been conditioned by American television to like be like ah eh, it's just vehicular manslaughter it happens all the time. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is, this is, honestly, this was the, for me, like, the other reason why I sort of wanted to give this one to you rather than cover it myself, because I thought, um, as, as someone who doesn't, who isn't used to these tropes, that your response to it would be so much more interesting than mine. Um, and that is really interesting that you, like, your first response was, oh, he just killed a dude. And I'm, like, over here going, oh! <laughs> I mean, have you watched like the like American TV is full of the full of full of this business? Like, look at any. Well, no, I think that's also true because um, in America, the heat vehicular manslaughter is not treated the way it is in the UK. Like, really not. Like, it really is such a bigger deal over there. And this is such a this is such a, a derailing of his life in a way that would not be in the United States, and certainly not in a United States TV program. <laughs> That is so funny. Anyway, uh, that being said, I am 100% like that to me was the moment when I was like, okay, I'm going to love season eight because this is going to change everything. Like, you know, it's one thing to sort of muddle about in the corners to say that Jordy might retire. It's another thing, you know, have, have okay, instead of instead of uh, Leonard living in, in the vicarage or some other, like, not Leonard person that we put in living in the vicarage, he now has a wife and a child. Like, those are, those are, but those don't actually, like, core effect. This will core effect. This is going to, you know, um, uh, uh, our new our 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 new Elliot Wallace dude who does not like Will is not going to be a, a, you know, there's no more running him over in keeping Will there or sneaking him around in the corners. Like Will is not going to be allowed in there because Will is a murderer, and that is going to be a problem. 
Having not watched past this episode, I have no idea if she's right or not. But let me just tell you that that is not how I mentally imagine the rest of the season. <laughs> I, you know, if I will, I the thing is, is that um they kind of did this sort of with James Norton in the early seasons. Um, in season, I believe it was season two. There is a there is a girl who is uh who is raped and then died, and people think it was Sydney who was involved. And it's a problem the whole way through the season. And I feel like this is sort of the uh, the 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 moral equivalent for Will that we will get this in the same that this will affect the whole season in the same way and put him in the we're not sure that you are a person who is really of moral standing. You know, basically he'll lose his moral standing as their as the as 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 their vicar. Interesting. It is interesting because this episode has a lot of of faith religious stuff happening, but it's all like outside of the church too. Mm. Like there's yes, we go to the church, so there's a sermon and stuff, but um with the bikes in the aisle, dripping oil. With the bikes in the aisle. I'm just like, please, we'll get a better hobby. <laughs> but like really? Really? Mm. Um but it's not I mean, I don't know. Did he even do the big? He didn't do the speech at the end, did he? No, because he killed somebody instead. Yeah, because he killed somebody instead. Yeah, <laughs> you can see how that might mess up your like moral moral thematic summation at the end. But you know, hey, listen, Leonard's got a whole halfway house he can go live in once he gets out of prison. Oh, let's talk about Leonard. I love Leonard's new hobby. Like, I knew he had sold the, like, at the end of season seven, he said he was going to take the cafe and turn it into something else. And he wanted to do, uh, he wanted to do something that helped the homeless. Where is Leonard getting money? Okay, so, as I understand it, he sold that cafe and Jack held, the, the proceeds of it along with money given to him by Jack Chapman, paid for that gorgeous house to become a halfway house. And that's where that's supposed to have come from. And that's another reason why it's been a year since the last season, because he's done all that to get there. Um, You know, and it's funny because, you know, I've always really kind of loved Daniel as the foil to Leonard and his his utter sarcasm in like, I stopped by and now I'm all papering. (laughs) Was just it just killed me. Like, I love them so much as a couple. Um, And and I really like I really hope this doesn't screw up the relationship. Um, I am. I'm more interested in sort of like the societal ramifications of this. Like, is Grantchester like the a village of size that that has a like a homeless population of size? Um, Grantchester seems to be as big or as small as it needs to be at any given episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, fair, and not that I am against like helping the less fortunate, but also it's just remember it has a brothel. There was a brothel in last season. There was a brothel last season. Yeah, but see, I can (laughs) sort of see that more because, like, you could just do that in someone's house. Okay. Well, they're sort of doing it in someone's house. They're sort of making it. And and honestly, like, I think having Leonard do this thing where he sort of gets into the whole, like, um, um, rehabilitating people when they get out of prison and taking his religious beliefs 
and using them that way is such a brilliant choice for that character. That I feel it, like the whole like be the change you wish to see in the world thing mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. I really I have to say that I have been into everything they've done with Leonard. Even his silly cafe. Um <laughs> uh, it, that they've I done what with- he did with all those turtlenecks. <laughs> What? Some, I'm just asking questions. Some poor charity shop got inundated. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I have to say that I um I'm I think that's the other thing that I'm also really interested in. Since now we have Will as possible felon, having perhaps murdered someone with his bike, is that instead of him being what, is the... he gonna go live at the halfway house? Well, no, that instead of him being the pillar of society that Leonard leans on. Leonard becomes the person Will can lean on. Because I I've always felt like Leonard Leonard goes around leaning on people and Leonard can stand on his own two feet. And one of the things I like about the fact that he's left the church is that that was sort of the beginning of him learning to stand on his own two feet and realizing that he doesn't need to lean on the church or on Will or on Mrs. C that he can he can or 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 or, or Daniel that he can stand on his own. And I really sort of hope that this is the next phase of that, where now Will can lean on him. Aw. I mean, except for the murder part. That's that's less (laughs) off. Well, you know, it's, I mean, honestly, like, we had Leonard in the dock a couple of years ago, and Will forcefully trying to, you know, testify for him, which backfired and actually got Leonard the prison sentence. Um, But, you know, perhaps we can now have tit for tat and Leonard go to bat for Will in in court. Um, Because, you know, Will is going to probably end up in the dock for this, this, this quote unquote murder with a bike. That's just British for, like, courtroom right yes yes <laughs> yes Sorry. that is british for courtroom um when you are when you are uh when you are uh, uh sitting in the prisoners i don't know where do prisoners sit in american courtrooms they just kind of sit there at the defense table like there's just like a witness there's just like a table that the defense sits at they just chill at a table okay no in 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 british courtrooms there's actually like a little a little room that they're put in that they're separated from everybody else no it's like a weird glass like case of emotion like the thing <laughs> the 10th doctor gets into to like save wealth yes and that is, I just that remember, is called... all i do i remember it from broad church and it was really like distractingly weird um yes that is that is the uh that's the dock that that's the dock where the prisoner sits um and 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 you know the witness box is next to it. I mean that's the thing. Don't you remember it, Franny Langton? She goes from the dock to the witness stand. I have COVID. <laughs> that's right. I've been pulling this out for like the past week. Like whenever anybody says anything that I don't like, I just smack them down with my medical diagnosis. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, that just killed me. Um. Anyway. To see for the rest of this season, <laughs> uh, I am most interested in Bonnie. I mm-hmm. think, uh, completely unsurprisingly, uh, I'm interested in her sort of personal journey as as Will's wife and a, and a non-believer, and how is she going to balance all of those things with like the things that that are not just societally expected of her, but that Will seems to expect of her. Which is again why I keep coming back to how do they not like talk about this? Because he does seem to be very you know, pro her going to Bible study or whatever it is. And I don't think she wants to. And I don't think he should make her if she doesn't want to. So I would like to see how that 
how that plays out in both in their relationship and for her as a character, because I don't know. I think it's really interesting. The idea that she probably had of what it would be like to marry married to will versus like the, you know, expectations, reality kind of meme of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested to see will deal with his, his dad issues. And I guess as a vehicular manslaughter charge, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm much less interested in in all of that stuff. Um, I would like to see what they're going to do with Mrs. C this season, since she really didn't have a lot to do in this episode besides get judgy about the biker kids hmm. and just Leonard doing whatever he wants because I support Leonard in all things. I am actually very into seeing where um where the uh, retirement thing goes for Jordy. Oh, I keep just assuming, this is just really, like, the problem is that I've watched too much TV, so I just keep assuming that, like, the answer to that is nothing. Um, And I feel like that would be lazy, so I probably should stop thinking that. Well, no, because honestly, there is a level where part of me just goes, no, of course they're not going to actually do that. But then again, they married Will off. So, maybe. Yeah, they married Will off, but, like, marrying Will off doesn't change his fundamental, like, role in the show. No, that's true. And f- and getting Jordy to retire would actually fund- fundamentally change his role in the show. I'm not saying it couldn't still work. I mean, maybe they could use this as an opportunity to bring on another um, police detective or officer or something that could sort of be, you know, fashioned into Jordy's successor, sort of, both in terms of, of, like, the world of the show, like his physical job and the external world of the show in case Robson Green wants to, like, go on vacation or something. I don't know. But I don't know. It just said like it. It feels really unbelievable to me that that would happen. I I I I understand that, and I agree with you. And there was a level where, like, you know, it, it, unless you're Game of Thrones and you actually kill the guy on the side of the bus in that first season, it's really hard for people to believe that you will really do something that will fundamentally change a show like that. And most shows don't have the guts to do that. To be to be to be completely honest, like they just don't. And you know, the thing is, is that that's what Grantchester was at the beginning. It was much more gutless. It really didn't want to let you know, in Sydney get married. Well, I'm more of I'm more of the thinking that I don't. It's not that I don't think that they would do it. Is that I don't think they would do it without like a, a backup plan, kind of that they would not have that they that because I don't think that Jordy would just keep solving crimes like while he wasn't a cop. So I think they would have to have some sort of backup plan for how does like the fundamental framework of the show exist mm. if he is not the pivot on that side of it. Hmm. Um, you know, I think that's actually, I think you're, I don't think you're wrong there. Um, but I do think that even just threatening to have Jordy retire is a reminder also that the, that the time is passing in this show. And that he is an older person who people are looking at and feeling ageist about. You know, in the very beginning of this show, he was, well, I'm a World War II vet and I serve my time. and er, 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 Right? And now it's the 60s and, you know, Elliot Wallace does not respect that. Elliot Wallace is like, it's time to have younger blood here. It's time to have less fuddy-duddies. Out, out, out. You know, and he and the thing is, is that even though it was sort of run over last season by... Um, Will having an affair with uh, Elliot's fiance, 
He was like that with Jordy last season, too. He was much more like, let's put Larry Peters in charge and let's put this old dude out to pasture. So I don't think this, this is something that's actually been building a couple of seasons, even though it sort of got derailed last season. And I am actually really interested to see how it affects the tone of the show, even if Jordy doesn't retire, that the specter of it is there now and that the, the reminder that this won't always go on forever. And as you noted, you know, Brittany is one of the finalists for Superman. Perhaps this won't go on forever. Um, but it, I will devil's advocate that and say that because unlike a show like say endeavor which the show is built around a specific character and that specific character's story and without that character you have no show mm. um the show's called grandchester so i'm sure that crime will still continue to be committed in grandchester home of brothels and also halfway houses i guess <laughs> and you know, there, there is, a, like, if they want to continue it, there is a, a very viable path forward for that. Even hmm. even if it's without Tom Brittany or Ropes and Green or both of them. That's true. I mean, we're talking about Bonnie and she hasn't even been on the show but a season. So right? it's not, like, you can, it's it's very doable if they want to do it. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with you there. And honestly, like, um, you know, they might just find themselves. I mean, if this is sort of a way to start easing Robeson Green out because he's been doing this for a decade and he's kind of tired. And then suddenly Tom Brittany gets Superman, let's say, um, though, honestly, now that I am looking at the 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 one that whose name you did not recognize, who is the kid from House of Cards, he actually looks the most Superman-y to me um, of these three. Yeah, I did not know that guy's name at all i'm really excited for all the girls on the list though one of which is emma mackey i know like i'm really can you imagine having a british superman and a british lois lane okay anyway sorry um i apologize to everybody for just for uh derailing back into superhero world um point being um you know we don't know what's going to happen in the future and i really I, i think that's something that i'm really interested in is seeing how this show um, deals with the fact that it is rounding on to season nine and could easily go to season ten. You know? Yeah, I mean, what season is called a midwife on now? Twelve. <laughs> and it's been renewed Father... through like fifteen, right? Yep, it is. And Father Brown is so. Uh, Father Brown guys just got renewed for season eleven. Death in Paradise has been renewed for thirteen, fourteen. You know, a lot of these mystery shows just keep going. Vera's uh, filming season thirteen right now. Like they really double digits is not a foreign concept to this to this genre. Yeah. Wait, did you say what you wanted from the rest of the season? Um. Yes, I mostly said that. What I really I I, I wanted. To, okay, I didn't actually finish. I sort of got derailed because I started thinking about Superman. My apologies. Um. Honestly, like I I I agree with you about the Bonnie thing. I want to see how Bonnie's uh faith journey plays out and her marriage journey plays out. Um. I really don't want her and Will to break up though. Um, that's something I don't want. I want their marriage to work. And I'm actually kind of surprised how much I want them to work. Um, I don't know if I would say much in my wanting them to work, but I I like them together. I think their relationship is interesting. I think. Well, I tried I to imagine. Fa- I think it's the fact that they're not the same that mm. makes it interesting. Uh, honestly, like the thing is, I just I tried to imagine Bonnie leaving at the end of the season and Will having to be a, divor- a you know, Will having to basically be an estranged 
husband, etc. And it made me very sad. A murderer divorcee. Right? It just, made, fired. it just made me very sad. I don't want her to go away. So there you go. Okay. Um, that is our introduction to Grandchester season eight. We will loop back for the finale when we can see where all of this goes. Uh, and the- and a reminder, a reminder to everybody that Grantchester's final two episodes are actually being aired back to back. So it is only a five week run instead of a six week run. Um, and that's because DIRA is only four episodes. So the final, so Grantchester season five and season six are airing back to back at nine and 10 p.m. Um, on the final week of August 6th. Thank you. I was going to say, if you don't want to wait that long, it's on PBS Passport. So you could just go watch it now. <laughs> that's true. All episodes are on PBS Passport. So, yeah. Um, um, you can be ahead of me because I can only do one at a time because I tried not to watch ahead of where I am in recapping. And I don't know what I'm going to do about that double Sunday. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, that is our show. Thank you, as always, for listening. And Annie, uh, let the people know where they can find you online if they want more of your thoughts. Uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle on most social media. You can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. And you can find my very fuzzy cats um, and their very fuzzy butts on, at Annie Bundle on Instagram. I am the associate editor here at Televisions, and I also freelance around the web. So if you want to know what I wrote this week, just go to my social media and see what I'm posting because I usually post all of my bylines there. Thanks. Huzzah. I am Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B and pretty much every other social media platform there is. If you would like more of my thoughts, general complaining about COVID and cat photos. If you just want the site and the pod, we are on social media at Telly underscore Visions on Twitter and Televisions blog, all one word, on Facebook. We are a product of local PBS station WETA. And if you like what we do, you can visit us at televisions.org to check out our listicles, news updates, recaps, reviews, general, you know, raves and complaints, whatever we have up there this week. It's a lot of stuff. And uh, if you really like what we do, there's a big red donate button up on top of the site that you can click to help us keep making all of this great content for your eyes and ears. In doing so, you will get access to the previously aforementioned, previously aforementioned is a redundant statement, but I did it anyway, because I have COVID. And I don't even know where I was going with that. I was going to say PBS Passport is great and has a bunch of stuff, including the full season of Grandchester for those of you who don't want to wait. And Doc Martin season nine, which I know a bunch of people are going to be excited about because I don't think it's ever been on PBS Passport before this very moment. And a bunch of other things that are coming in the weeks and months ahead to our air as well as online. And that's it. That's our show. Don't be like me. Get boosted. Take care of yourself. Don't um, go out when you don't feel well. It's really rude to the people around you who don't want to get sick. And do something nice for a stranger because it will cheer you up. That is it. And as always, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.